The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Just going to start a look back on uh, all today's action. We might wrap, uh, start with the, the Premier League action today and uh, get you a full-time report uh, from the three o'clock kickoffs. Everton uh, have been beaten today by Fulham. Shane Pennington. Everton this week completed the signing of striker Youssef Shamiti from Sporting Lisbon and their fans will be hoping he hits the ground running after watching their side miss a hatful of chances as they suffered an opening day defeat. Bobby Deckard over Reed's second half strike proved decisive, but even Marco Silva called it one of their worst away performances under him, with his side fortunate to leave here with all three points. They had Bernd Leno to thank for an excellent display, but Sean Dyche will be keen to add to his lack of firepower if they're not to be involved in another relegation scrap this season. Everton nil, Fulham 1. Watching Bournemouth and West Ham today was Peter Hood. Bournemouth 1, West Ham United 1. Honours even in this one. Defence is on top in the first half. West Ham shaded it. And in the second half, Bournemouth shaded it with West Ham's defence doing well to keep the scoreline level. After the goal action, it was uh, an open game. Jared Bowen with a fantastic 25-yard strike early in the second half got West Ham in the lead deservedly. But uh, Bournemouth kept going. They made changes. And a cross shot from substitute Semeno found... Dominic Solanke, who rounded Ariola, who'd been superb with saves, to knock in an equaliser. Bournemouth won, West Ham won. Brighton had a big win over Luton today, and Evan Ferguson was among the goals as well. Alan Lewis. It's finished Brighton 4, Luton 1. Luton's first game back in the top flight ends in defeat. Brighton the better of the two sides in the first half, deservedly in front through Solly March's header. The home side continued to push after the break. Got a second when João Pedro was bundled down in the box. He got up to slot the penalty home himself. Luton pulled a goal back from the spot through Carlton Morris, but the hopes of a comeback were snuffed out when some horrible defending allowed Simon Adingra to volley home before Evan Ferguson wrapped up the scoring in stoppage time. It finished Brighton 4, Luton 1. Crystal Palace have won away to Sheffield United. Joe Rawson was watching this at Bramalin. Full-time Sheffield United nil. Crystal Palace won. Roy Hodgson celebrating his 76th birthday, which was earlier this week, by watching his team earn a hard-fought victory against the newly promoted side. In a game that really should have had more than just the one goal. It was Odson Edward who provided the decisive moment. He tapped in a delicious Jordan Ayew cross that was curled into that passage of uncertainty between the the goalkeeper and defenders Edward and Ayu both had goals ruled out for offside while Wes Fodringham made good saves from Ezzy and Akore Will Asuila came close on a couple of occasions for the host but they look light in attack and a striker is surely on the shopping list before the window closes for boss Paul Heckingbottom full time Sheffield United nil, Crystal Palace 1 the early kick off today was Arsenal's clash with Nottingham Forest at the Emirates was Nigel Abidmead Nottingham Forest 1 Arsenal scored both their goals in six first-half minutes. On 26, Martinelli, with a piece of skill, set up Eddie Nketiah, who drove home from just outside the six-yard box. And then Bukayo Saka cut in from the right-hand side and curled a beauty past the goalkeeper. Forrest made it lively at the end when substitute Taiwo Awonyi scored a breakaway goal with ten minutes to play. But Arsenal held out and won two goals to one. 
on the field at the moment is Newcastle and Aston Villa. It's Newcastle who are ahead, Graham Courtney. Newcastle 2, Aston Villa 1. Early breakthrough in this game for Newcastle. It was a free kick that was cleared away, but eventually the ball recycled into the Villa box. Newcastle new boy, Sandro Tonali, side-footing home from close range. Three minutes later, equaliser. Poor defending by Newcastle. Easy tap-in for Villa's record signing, Moussa Diaby. He couldn't miss. And then five minutes after that, counter-attack by Newcastle. Goal for Alexander Izak. It's a belter of a match. It's Newcastle 2, Aston Villa 1. Yes, and looks a very, very decent game there, Elsewhere today at the World Cup, plenty, plenty of drama this morning as uh, Australia booked their place in the last four. They beat France in an incredibly tense penalty shootout, one of the most insanely tense penalty shootouts I think I've ever seen. But Australia, the co-hosts, eventually getting through after that shootout in Brisbane this morning and finished scoreless after normal time and extra time. Uh, England will be their opponents in the last four. They came from behind to beat Colombia 2-1 in Sydney. Elsewhere, the big transfer news of the day. Harry Kane completing a move from Tottenham to Bayern Munich, uh, which could be worth up to £100 million uh, all in by the end of it. Uh, he goes straight into the squad uh, against uh, RB Leipzig. So he could make his debut tonight in the German Super Cup. He signed a four-year contract, so big, big news there uh, from Germany and uh, in Gaelic games the Cobb Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship as I mentioned Black Rock beating Bishopstown 233 to 10 points we'll get reaction from their boss Jimmy Harrington in a while Douglas and Father O'Neill's has been ongoing uh, since 5pm uh, down in Parky Rin and the latest score from there it is Father O'Neill's uh, just a point behind Douglas it's Douglas 114 Father O'Neill's 16 points with uh, 53 minutes on the clock Newtown Chandram facing Kanturk today Newtown winning by two points, 218 to 119. Derry are the Intermediate Camogie Champions of 2023. They beat Meath 117 to 19 in the final replay in Clonus. Munster have been Ulster 41 14 in their Women's Interpro Series opener in Armagh today. Later, uh, Connacht uh, hosting at Leinster. Uh, that game is underway at the Sports Grounds. And in golf, Fiona Maguire and Stephanie Meadow have completed their third rounds at the Women's Open at Walton Heath. Maguire's two over. Meadow is one under par. The American Ali Ewing had been leading for much of the day. She's been joined at the top of the leaderboard by fellow American Lilia Vu on eight under par. Right, we are going to look back on uh, Cork City's disappointing um, draw last night with UCD City going a goal up uh, through uh, Kean Bargery and then uh, it was... Um, UCD just got an equaliser in the second half and fully deserved the point and could have gone on to win the game. They were a better team in the second half, it has to be said. Going to hear from a UCD boss, Andy Myler, shortly. First, let's hear from City boss Liam Buckley. A disappointing result for your side tonight? Yeah, bearing in mind coming in at half time, 1 0, I thought we were reasonably comfortable at that stage, yeah, but just the second half was poor. What changed in the second half? We just didn't get on the ball enough, we didn't play, we didn't pass it well enough. You know, in fairness, UC came back into it, uh, but we just didn't do enough on the ball. First half, you were dominant. You obviously ruined that. You didn't create that many chances, I suppose, and put their keeper under pressure. Yeah, yeah. I thought the first half wasn't too bad, you know. Um, but as I say, when, once the second half, UC had a couple of chances, made a few chances. Overall, I think Myers were better, but it just is really not good enough from an overall performance point of view. Are the heads down now in the dressing room after that? Okay, everybody's disappointed. Well, could, you know, I'm sure that everybody in the crowd is disappointed. Uh, we've got nine games to go. We've got to dig in and make sure we scrap something out of every game. You know, kind of way. Now we've we've picked up results against here with Rovers. We have drama UCD. You're this that, and the other. We just need to make sure we scrap out the rest of these games because there will be points won and lost everywhere. We just need to get it better. 
A couple of uh, positives from a Cork City perspective. Ben Warren's performance I thought was excellent tonight. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah, um, yeah. Bear in mind that's his first full game this season. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with him for the rest of the season. And for Rory Keating to come on and get that reception, it, you could see it meant a lot to him. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. Um, we'll just try and build Rory's fitness up now over the next period. We just need to be careful with that. He's been picking up any injuries. That's why we only brought him on for a few minutes in the second half. Uh, a big week now for your side. Months Senior Cup final coming up on Monday, which is always a fun game. But I imagine you'll be resting people with the, the, the Cup clash on Friday, mind. Yeah, look, we've got two important games. Um, obviously, Cove we'd like to win. Uh, but next Friday in the Cup, um, we've got to make sure we're as fresh as we can be for there. And please God, we can get a result there. Thanks, Liam. You're welcome. That's Liam Buckley. You can tell how frustrated he was after last night's uh, performance and indeed the result. Fans not too happy, uh, booing uh, at the full time whistle. And just look, I have to give credit to UCD who uh, came back, fought back gallantly, gallantly and uh, took a deserved point uh, back up the M8. Uh, M8, just their 10th point of the season. Uh, City certainly looking like they're going to be in that relegation playoff battle. Um, that relegation playoff, I should say, um, become the end of the season as things stand at the moment. Uh, as I mentioned, to uh, Liam um, co-rammers to come in the Munster Senior Cup on Monday followed by Waterford in the FAI Cup on Friday two big games uh, for Cork City and just on a side note it's fantastic to see Rory Keating back um, on the field last night for Cork City it's been his family just going through the, the unimaginable I suppose over the last while and it was fantastic to see him back and he got an absolutely fantastic reception as I said to Liam it, it did seem to mean an awful lot to him so fantastic to see uh, Rory Keating back in action last night uh, for the Rebel Emery and our thoughts of course are with all the, the Keating family uh, I'm going to hear now from our boss uh, UCD boss Andy Miner. Andy congratulations uh, fully deserved point for your side yeah I think so Um thought we were really good in the night um, much better in the second half than the first half but that's not we weren't I didn't think we were pouring the support half by any means um, probably uh, just weren't pressing as high in the first half didn't get a press quite right um, and gave away a bit of a sloppy goal but second half were fantastic and probably um, on the bands of play probably might have even deserved to go with the three points tonight yeah, the goal you conceded Larkin Hilly's not going to enjoy looking back on that when you do the video analysis but it's just one of those things that happens when you're a goalkeeper I suppose yeah absolutely it's an uh, occupational hazard so it happens uh, put us on the back foot but uh, we, we, you know, we actually we responded really well um, and responded half, really well after half time as well um, and listen on another night I'm a bit disappointed it's, uh, we could have had the three points uh, we were denied the opportunity there at the end yeah, just before the, the referee blew the whistle, you had a what looked like should have been an advantage play that was pulled back. You must have been very frustrated about that. Yeah, listen, it's you know difficult jobs, and it's hard to be magnanimous about it at the moment. But uh, we've a four-on-one break. Um, it's as plain as the nose in your face, and uh, it blows up and sort of kills it. So um, that's really, like I said, <laughs> difficult to take at the moment. Um, but hey, it happens, and we'll move on. What did you change at second half? What was the message to the lads? I think we just needed to get our wing back slightly higher. Um, we needed to go and press the ball a little bit better in Cork's half. And I think we did that. Uh, and we spent a lot of time in Cork's half in the second half. Lots of dangerous balls into the box. Um, some good chances, some good shots. So um, I think we just had much better threat in the second half. Yeah, and uh, at the back, Keeney and Wells just tidied up everything. They were superb. Yeah, I thought um, Eben Ozam, Jack, Michael, the, the, that back three, really, really, really good, really solid tonight because uh, they plenty to deal with up with uh, Cork's front line um, brilliant to see Rory Keaton back on the pitch obviously as well by the end um, fantastic but um, yeah they were really really good um, but I think we were good all over um, you know we were quite pleased with the performances right throughout and we'll, we'll take the point and we move on to next week and Daniel Kinsler Bishop uh, got in the end of a lovely ball and as well as a great team goal 
Yeah, ex- absolutely. Um, fantastic balling from Danny. Uh, Rob's preaching Danu and the strikers to get in the box. He absolutely did that and finished it really well because uh, it's not a difficult ball. It's bouncing in front of him and uh, he gets a good connection, a good goal. So, um, yeah, listen, lots of pleasing stuff tonight uh, and we move on to the next week. Yeah, and as you said to me before the game, this is a team growing in confidence. That confidence will grow again tonight and into the cup now next week. Yeah, hopefully. Um, you know, God with plenty of confidence as well. You know, they're winning a lot of games at the moment and right up the top. So, um, we'll hope to. You know, we're on a, a decent run of performances like we were saying before the game, so we look to carry that in next week and hope, hopefully, you know, uh, put a cup quarter final in the um, in the calendar if we can. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Mel. That's Andy Myler there, uh, the uh, UCD boss, speaking after last night's game and uh, a deserved point for his side. Just coming up at halftime, still uh, Newcastle leading Aston Villa by two goals to one. Uh, I was on GT for LOI TV last night uh, on co commentary. With me was Cork City legend Philip Long. I got his thoughts after the game last night. Right, a joint here uh, by uh, Cork City legend Philip Long after. There's no way of sugarcoating this film massively disappointing for Cork City Turners Cross oh big time Rory you know we, coming, looking forward to this game all during the week you're saying we'll see goals anyway Friday night City should win it by at least two tonight was just totally just just totally wrong nobody expected this this game tonight to be ending up in a 1-1 draw so uh, nobody's happy leaving this ground tonight except the, the people from UCD yeah. and plenty of boos as well from the Turners Cross crowd they have been very frustrated by Cork City's form and their performances of late oh yeah big time I mean we're not scoring goals you know it just, just, it just seems to be unlucky you know but just, you can only take so much then as well if you're a spectator coming in here and you're paying big money to come in here every week in week out you demand more uh, full credit to UCD um, who changed things around in the second half Andy Myler going uh, to four at the back they had been five at the back in the first half and that was the change that they needed because they certainly fi- started finding space and got on the ball a lot more and looked more threatening than Cork City in the second half Oh yeah, big time big time they did, they did change they more or less went with three in the back in the second half and pushed on and young Sean Brennan was, was brilliant and he was he was you know he really was a torn in Cork City side tonight He was absolutely brilliant as I said uh, in commentary on LOIT TV, it's time with Southampton and uh, as Ireland under 18 caps and he was uh, certainly all over the park uh, for the uh, students tonight. From a Cork City perspective, uh, you're looking for positives, I mean like Ben Warman made his first start for the club, looked very very lively, had a good shot in the first half and continued battling all the way on, on to the next minutes. Yeah, he's, he's a good player, he's, he really is a good player and he's more direct as well. He was unlucky with a couple of shots but um, no, that that was positive to be honest with you. Just watching him come in into the game, but you know, it's it's just where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? Because Cork City um, are in a battle to avoid finishing ninth and having that relegation playoff. Um, they had a chance tonight uh, to close the ground and draw the United, who have lost to Dundalk. Uh, they didn't take it. They are now five points behind. Drogheda United and with games running out it's starting to look like a bit of a mountain climb for Cork City Yeah it is a mountain really yeah. I mean um, Drogheda have a, a game in hand now as well over City it, it is a mountain to climb so um, oh, I, I, I honestly don't know just, it just looks as if it's going to head for a playoff and Certainly apologies with Sligo Rovers who were beaten by Dundalk not Drogheda Cork City go to Drogheda in a couple of weeks on the 25th uh, of August which is on paper Phil it's make or break for your season basically it's it's a must win game I wouldn't fancy going up to Drogheda and trying to get a, a, a three points against Drogheda they're, they're a good side as well you know so it's it's going to be hard it's going to be very very hard coming up to the end of the season if you're looking again for positives from a Cork City perspective 
Change of formation. They went to four at the back for today's game, and that allowed them, the wingers, uh, to be on the ball and the, the fullbacks to, to overlap, which City used to great effect in the first half. Yeah, they, they did. They did, yeah. And young Kabaya was very good up front. He was battling hard. Um, I'd be honest, I wouldn't have taken him off. I'd have kept him on. Probably, he probably suited uh, Rory Keating's type of play. You know, but when when Keating came on, Kibaya went out on, on the left, and I don't think he's a left-sided player. I think he's an out on out up front, and he wants. He was having fierce uh, problems with um, with um, the um, Keeney, mm. and they were battling mad. And was he was winning. Battle, yeah. He was winning those con- that that physical contest up there. And next thing, he was put wide on the left. Keeney was delighted to see him going out wide on the left. Right, so it's FEI Cup next weekend. Uh, UCD taking on Galway, uh, Cork City taking on Munster rivals Waterford. They have the Munster Senior Cup against Cove Ramblers on Monday before that. Just before we wrap up, Phil, just um, a word on Rory Keating. It's been an incredibly tough um, few weeks for his family as they deal with the unimaginable. Um, Rory Keating was back in training this week, came on as a second-half substitute. Uh, you could see the response in the crowd meant a lot to him and our thoughts are indeed with every member of the Keating family great to see Rory back and great to see him playing football again oh yeah definitely definitely everyone was very very happy to see Rory going out onto the pitch tonight you know and you, you could see that everyone stood up and, and applauded him and deep down he felt that and he enjoyed that as well and, 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 that's, and that's a credit to the Cork people here and the club you know it's a great club you know, if they just just keep on pushing, and and it was and it was a great it was a great touch then when he coming on and everyone just applauded him coming on. It was lovely to see. It certainly was, Philip Long, sir. As always, a pleasure. Thank you, Rory. Yeah, always a pleasure uh, commentating on games with the great Philip Long, and last night was no exception despite uh, the result uh, for Cork City. And as I mentioned, two big games now for City on Monday and on Friday. One senior cup final on Monday against Co Ramblers and the FEI Cup against Waterford on Friday night at Turner's Cross should be a good crowd for that one always a good crowd for the Cup so fingers crossed City could put their league form behind them and pick up a win in the FAI Cup uh, right uh, today in the uh, Cork uh, County Co-op Superstores Premier Senior Hurling Championship Blackrock had a big win over Bishopstown today 233 to 10 points is how it finished in Porky Rain our man John O'Shea was there and caught up with uh, Rocky's boss Jamie Harrington right, um, Jamie Harrington um, Blackrock manager so you must be pretty um, pleased with this uh, work group overall uh, yeah we were pleased with it and you know, it, it's one of these games where people expect you to win, but you just have to go and do it. Um, and Bishopstown, for the last couple of years, have always had one or two very good performances in them every year. So we, we worked really hard this week. We trained hard and went through a lot of things. And most of them kind of paid off. So not all of them, but a lot of them definitely went their way. Yeah. Yeah, and um, how, after the, the opening day against the in the group, um, how important was it to kind of come out and like, like, build a net today, really? Well, the way we looked at it about a month ago when we sat down was that we, we didn't just focus on the Glen, we focused on the week. So we had the Glen train twice, Bishopstone, and that was our, our plan. So this was the last part of it, so we were kind of fairly determined not to kind of trip up on the last piece. It, we didn't ever really focus on the Glen, it was it was this week. Yeah. And so hopefully on this stage we're hopefully through to the next round, like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And just on the game today against Bishopstone, you, you, you must have been very pleased with how he started and it kind of really, it kind of, it kind of set the start over for the, for the rest of the, for the afternoon. Yeah, it did. Um, we, we kind of asked the players during the week to, to start as, as well as we could to, to push ourselves you know and, and be aggressive and be ruthless and get as much as we could out of it and and if it's and that, that doesn't mean just scores it means people running hard and people trying things and people having shots and hooking blocking defending you know so 
Yeah, we were good right from the start and started well again in the second half. So those things are positive. Yeah. yeah. And then it must be kind of one of the things especially. It must be the fact that there was well, there's kind of scores kind of coming from all over, all all, all over the country. You got to be encouraging. Yeah, I was. And um, most players, I'm trying to think now. Like say most of them got a score. At some level, not most now, but we definitely had 10 or 11 scores. I'd imagine. Um, that's positive. It just shows the competition and it also shows their ability. We can kind of score from most places. You know? Yeah. And and so. In, in general, in that sense, I suppose, like, so if you were to sum up the, the like the mood, this or the in the, the, the dressing room at the moment, so that would be easy. Um, the mood is 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 good, obviously, um, yeah. but you know the the plan was the week. The plan was two wins. We're not getting carried away with um, with the whole thing. We broke it down into the championship campaign into this week, and then you know Middleton is three week break. So this is a separate entity in itself. So this has gone well. Um, hopefully, Damini hasn't done much damage to his leg. I know it's the very end of it, but. Um, so the mood is good, but they, they're looking forward. Like you know, we're not kind of dwelling on these things too much. They're done now. And the, the fact now there's, there's a bit of a three-week break to the, into the final game. Does, it, um, does that kind of give you like a maybe like an extra opportunity to kind of maybe like even do a bit more or work on a few extra bits and pieces before the Milton game? Yeah, there will, yeah will, there'll be there'll be changes to that definitely. Um, we played well, but it's it's not done. Um, there's things we want to work on, and Middleton, every team will bring their own kind of individual challenges. So we have to be prepared for what they're going to bring as well. Just like we were from the Den and Bishopstown. So what we we'll obviously focus on ourselves, but um, there are definitely things we have to kind of look at as regards how to stop them. And so that has to be kind of implemented as regards training, you know. Yeah, and it's finally so uh, and and that Middleton game is probably what kind of you know it took a pipe couple of weeks away. Yeah, but like what kind of game would you be expecting from from and the challenge from Middleton? Would you be expecting? Uh, I'd be expecting them to be really sharp and be really quick and be mobile and move us around the place and, and not be an easy target for us to go kind of go bashing off like you know Middleton as regards a panel 1 to 25 Middleton probably has the best panel in the county they've hurled everywhere so I'd expect him to kind of try and spread us out and, and try and move us around and you know we'll see how it goes yeah, that's Black Rock boss Jimmy Harrington there uh, speaking after today's win over Bishop 2.33 to 10 points. A big win uh, for the Rockies down in Parking in the first uh, of the games there. Uh, Douglas have uh, just beaten Father O'Neill's 116 to 16 points. We'll get some uh, reaction from the Douglas camp hopefully before the end of the show at 7pm. All uh, right, it uh, still is Newcastle 2, Aston Villa 1. There's 10 minutes of time added on there at the end of the first half. So it's uh, 55 minutes on the clock. And uh, still playing in the opening half there at uh, St. James's Park. We're going to talk athletics, one of the biggest races on the Cork calendar taking place next week. The Cork City 10 Miler is on Sunday morning, August 20th. The race organised by St. Finbar's AC and Kean McParlin from St. Finbar's joins me to look ahead to the race. All right, delighted to be joined on the line now by Kean McParlin ahead of the Cork City 10 Miler happening very, very soon indeed. Always one of the most popular races on the running calendar in Cork. I'm sure this year is going to be absolutely no no exception. Kian, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench first off. I'm Marie. Thanks for having us on again. Much appreciated. Always a pleasure having you on, sir. Um, yeah, as I said, look, the 10-miler, um, one of the busiest races, one of the biggest races on the uh, the core calendar. It's going to be no exception this year. I imagine there's a lot of buzz around the place at the moment trying to get everything ready for, for the start of the race on the 20th of August. Yeah, absolutely, Marie. Um, as you probably have noticed, we've gone to a Sunday morning uh, from our traditional Saturday night. And uh, that's down basically to the works and the marina schedule works. So we've had to rejig it slightly and um, to get a road closure then we had to go to a Sunday morning. But it's been fairly positive feedback on it so far. So that's great to see that um, uh, people seem, I suppose, more happy with a Sunday morning because they're probably doing their long run in, in any case, you know. And 
So it probably suits a lot better for we and scheduling for training for people. So, uh, yeah, we're um, we're really looking forward to it. Now we have a half night start on the Sunday morning. So I suppose the rest of the day is clear then for people, you know, to do whatever they do normally in the weekend, which is good too. And Sunday morning, sure, on the marina, as, as you were saying, it's everyone's kind of long run destination anyway. So this race is ideal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, there. I suppose on a Saturday evening, you'll have a lot of people are walking down the, the railway line, etc. you know, and uh, I suppose Sunday morning will be a lot quieter as well. So there should be less obstacles, I suppose, for people to manoeuvre around, you know. You've had to change the route a bit this year as well, Ken, to accommodate everything, have you? Yeah, uh, so due to the marina closure, um, we've had to reroute it slightly. So uh, we'll be starting um, the same spot on the Centre Park Road. Um, We'll be heading down to Porky Cueve. So just as we come to Porky Cueve there, we'll be taking a sharp right turn onto the walkway that leads to the Marina Park. So uh, you'll go through the Marina Park, back out to Monon Road, uh, mm-hmm. up Monon Road to complete another loop back down to Porky Cueve. But this time you're taking the ramp to go down to the left-hand side of Porky Cueve. But that will bring you uh, across the grassway uh, out to CAB. When you get to CAB, we'll be taking a sharp left up that uh, we call it a rising road. We won't call it a hill, just so we don't turn people off. Uh, and another sharp left when you get halfway up there. So that'll basically take you, uh, bring you out onto the Black Ark Road. Uh, the Black Ark Road then leads down and back onto a traditional course through Black Ark Village and uh, up Castle Road onto the walkway. Uh, and if anybody's familiar with the previous route, uh, you join up the Mahan Walkway back in past Park, Atlantic Pond, Parky Weave, onto Modern Road again. So the last mile is a fairly flat and fast mile. So hopefully we'll see some exciting racing uh, once we hit the nine-mile nine, nine mile mark point. Yeah, and as you were saying, like there, there is that rise. There are a couple of rises on the route. Uh, nothing too major, though, so it is overall a very kind of fast 10-mile course. It is, yeah. I mean, the, the small addition of that little rise, as I mentioned there, it's it's not particularly challenging. You know, you, people will get up fairly quick. And the advantage is when you're coming down on a Black Rock Village, then you get the downhill yeah. once you uh, hit uh, Black Rock Village there. So you'll be well tasked to take on Castle Road then and uh, onwards past uh, Black Rock Castle. So, yeah, it's a fair, still a fairly fast course. So we're expecting some, some good times uh, like last year. Yeah, it was a great race last year. A huge crowd last year in that sun on the Saturday evening. I suppose the sun won't be too much of a factor uh, on the Sunday morning, which I'm sure runners will be absolutely delighted to hear as well, Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was very warm last year. Yeah. I remember I was I was just standing at the finish line, but uh, I could see the sweat pouring out of people passing the line, so I felt a bit sorry for them. So, yeah, we should have be a bit cooler, hopefully, uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, but again, we'll have plenty of water out there for athletes, so uh, don't don't be worried. I'd say it to anybody, don't be worried. Yeah, I certainly went out far too fast last year and the heat and blew up about halfway through, but that's a story for a story for another day. Uh, guilty of it, Rory. guilty of it. <laughs> I always think that I can win a race at the start of it and then like I get a half mile, I'm like, no, no, I can't. Um, race yeah, you won the first half mile. That's, that's just as good. <laughs> the, um, the race headquarters um, this year as well, Keen, they've changed to City Hall, I suppose. Everyone familiar with that from the, the Cork City Marathon. It's always a, a very handy place for people to meet up for races. Yeah, back to the tradition of the Cork City Hall and we're very grateful to Cork City Council for allowing us. So we're using the big hall, which would be great. Um, so just like the uh, Cork City Martin, use the large hall there. So there'll be plenty of room for chats and uh, you'll be glad to hear the cup of tea and the biscuit are back. So uh, we'll be able to, uh, there'll be a lot of people be able to have their chat and, and uh, deconstruct the race afterwards. And uh, the prize giving will be held there as well. So uh, yeah, we're looking forward to a good buzz in the race HQ after the race. So uh, we look, we'd, we'd like to, 
get as many people back as we can. So everybody's welcome to come back for a cup of tea and, and cheer on our, our winners of all the category prizes. Yeah, and as I always say, that um, cup of tea and the, the post uh, post race scrub is the most important part of any race as well. So it's it's probably more important than the race itself. So you've got to get that right, really, for a race, don't you, Gain? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, look, it's it, it's <laughs> a lot of people will tell you that's the reason they go for it. You know, it's the the social uh, event afterwards, and you can uh, post mortem your race whether you ran well, ran ran poorly, etc. You know, but mm. I think everybody enjoys that part. But I do myself. You know, it's it's a big part of the uh, experience, not just out running, but uh, you know, talking to colleagues and friends and and people afterwards. You know, so it's great. And uh, again, as I said we'll have our our prize giving as well there. So we'll hopefully we'll have a good atmosphere. Um, and uh, yeah. It, it's 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 looking to be a good race um, or, or good uh, HQ for us this year City Hall and it's part of the, the Peugeot race series of course as well which is uh, a series of um, seven races around the country seven high profile races as well so uh, should attract a very very good crowd to it yeah absolutely I mean we had some great runners last year um, Paul O'Donnell was, was our men's champion for the 10 mile race itself and Sean Heaslip from uh, Unreal was our female champion uh, and we had a lot of well-known names from from Cork and beyond uh, take part. So uh, anybody up there with the series will be coming down to, to make sure they they close home the Peugeot, Peugeot uh, series win. Um, so yeah, we're hoping for a fairly competitive race um, uh, in in all codes really. And there's, there's a team prize I think in the uh, Peugeot series, not only the individuals. So there'll be clubs out for for glory there. Certainly will be. I can talk to me, I suppose, about the, the work that goes in behind the scenes. I mean, like St. Finbar's AC are organising this. I imagine it's a very busy time for all your members as they, they prepare for, I suppose, the highlight of your year. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, we convene early in the year, so we get a good start to this. So, I mean, we start planning for this back in February or March, I would say, you know, very early. Um, and it's it's proved to be... Uh, it's proved to be very successful starting that early. You know, some people will go, you're crazy starting that early, but uh, it works for us. You know, everything's in place and there's no major panic by starting then in July or, you know, going, what do we do now? So everything's, uh, everything is kind of tipping along nicely, which is great. Um, there's a very good committee uh, taken from club members. Um, and we're like, you know, we have serious commitment to making this a success and, and that's why there will be no safe and bars um, singlets in this race on the 20th so every club member is going to help out whether it's stewarding or helping the catering or finish line so I mean uh, we really want to make success so it's a whole of uh, it's a whole of club effort you know and uh, I just have to mention our, our we have a new sponsor on board which you probably have noticed uh, we've traditionally been known as John Buckley 10 mile but um, and John is still on board as secondary sponsor and you know we really appreciate that but uh, Doyle's listeners now are our new sponsor and we're very grateful to them they're friends of the club and they're very graciously come on board for a couple of years to, to sponsor our race. Um, we're not even allowing them run, so we're being we're being <laughs> straight across the board with everybody, you know. And we're you sponsor a- or not, you ain't running. <laughs> I love it, Ken. I love it. And you have a charity partner as well, the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind, um, which is uh, 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 a very important charity, and it's it's fantastic to have them on board as a a, 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 a charity partner. I'd imagine, Ken. Yeah, yeah, we try and do this every year, you know, because ultimately it's not just making money for the club. We, we want to do our bit for the community. So this year is the Irish Guide Dogs, which we're delighted to be associated with. And uh, one of our, I suppose, high-profile members, Alex Shea, would have a history with the Irish Guide Dogs through his 32 marathons in 16, 16 days. So Alex uh, 
was liaising with the guide dogs and suggested them. And uh, yeah, it's an excellent cause. And you'll see if anybody entering the race, you'll see an option there to donate to the Irish guide dogs. And we'd appeal to anybody, you know, if you could spare a couple of euro, it would be fantastic. Mm. They're, they're a really worthwhile cause. We have indeed a couple of our, our club members actually um, foster dogs, you know, guide dogs on their training, uh, Padraig Sheen being one of them. So, you know, we really have a close link with the Irish guide dogs. So we'd appeal to anybody, you know, just just throw for you if you can afford it. And there'll be buckets on the day as well. So if you have some change, please just throw for you one there. You know, we, and we want to raise as much as we can for, for the guide dogs. Um, this race has sold out the last number of years. Um, I believe uh, ticket sales are cutting off on Sundays again. Um, so you don't want to be leaving this too late if you want to, to get them on board and, and run. Yeah, Sunday's our closing date. So look, anybody want to get in, we don't want anybody disappointed this year. So... Uh, Get your entry in. You'll probably listen to this on Sunday. So log on straight away to either CorkCity10miler.com or Eventmaster. You'll find our, our race. Um, everybody's seen the top. You've probably seen it yourself. Mm. It's it's drawn a, uh, drawn a lot of praise. You know, it's a real different uh, running top for the winter there. So uh, don't miss out your chance to get one and uh, get your entry in before Sunday night. It certainly is a quality top. Uh, all right, Kian, CorkCity10miler.com if you want to enter the race. Thanks very much for talking to us. Wish you the very best of success uh, with the race next week. And uh, thanks for joining us today. All right, thanks a million. Much appreciated as always. Yeah, it was a pleasure to speak to, uh, to Kian McParland and the very best of luck to him and all of the St. Finbar's AC crew uh, for the 10-miler, uh, which is happening tomorrow week, August 20th. I ran it last year on a very, very hot day. Went out too fast, blew up and... Uh, my A time just disappeared my P time disappeared and my C time of just finish it was just about achieved but it was a very very hot day last year but uh, that was in the evening it'll be on a Sunday morning so it'll be a bit cooler this time around and it's a fantastic race it's a fantastic route I mean, like I'm sure uh, every runner in Cork has run around the marina and done the the, the loop of Black Rock uh, as well done with a castle and uh, up uh, the, the railway line it's a fantastic run very very flat as I mentioned with Keen. so it's a fantastic race um going mad I won't be there on my way next week so I'll be uh, missing the race but uh, very best luck uh, to St Finbars and to everybody running in that race it is going to be an absolute cracker alright Newcastle 2 up on Aston Villa at half time Graham Courtney Newcastle 2 Aston Villa 1 early breakthrough in this game for Newcastle 6 minutes on the clock and it was a case of the ball being recycled into the Villa area Newcastle new boy Sandro Tonali side footing home from close range 5 minutes later equaliser poor defending by Newcastle Castle. Easy tap-in for Villa's record signing, Musa Diaby. Two defence should have cleared that one away, but good response by Newcastle. Counter-attack by them. Ended up with Alexander Izak from close range. Then had a long, long delay after the Villa defender Tyrone Mings received treatment. He was eventually stretched off, and he's been replaced by new boy Pau Torres. Half-time at St James's. Great game here. Newcastle 2, Aston Villa 1. And the second half uh, getting on the way there inside the next couple of minutes. Uh, going to talk football again. Our pal John Andrews, uh, he's been on the show a couple of times, has been coaching in Iceland the last number of years. But he brought his uh, Vikinger women's team to the cup final last night. Um, they were in the division below the, the Premier Division. They were playing Breda Blick. Um, very, very strong Icelandic team. Uh, nobody, nobody gave them hope of winning the cup last night. They won the cup last night. Fantastic stuff uh, indeed uh, from uh, Vikinger and uh, from John. Um, so we're going to talk to John Andrews. First though, um, kind of almost went semi-viral yesterday um, when we posted up a tweet of John speaking fluent Icelandic. Now we've obviously seen Ron Regara this week speaking French absolutely fantastically with a big Cork accent. 
um, and I posted up saying you've heard uh, Ronan O'Gara speaking French what about John Andrews speaking fluent Icelandic I'm so spent for a sentiment or TikTok or Snapchat I think I'm so spent for a spent for a lake I'm spent for a lake yeah, fantastic uh, Icelandic there from John Matino. Big cork. Yeah, Snapchat, is it? In the middle of it. But yeah, delighted for John. And uh, I gave him a buzz uh, earlier on this afternoon um, where he was uh, continuing the celebrations this afternoon with his team and uh, his family who were, uh, flew over uh, to uh, see the game. But this is my chat with John about uh, his life in Iceland, uh, the win last night, and of course speaking uh, fluent Icelandic. Uh, we are joined on the line now by our old pal, Mr. John Andrews, who led his side to the Icelandic Women's Cup last night. John, um, first off, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench today, buddy. My absolute pleasure, Rory. So, as I said to you earlier, it's always great to hear a Cork accent, mate. Yeah, um, we'll get to Cork accent speaking Icelandic in a bit, but first, um, what an incredible achievement by your side to upset the odds last night to win the Icelandic Cup uh, it must have been an incredible occasion an incredible moment for you for, for the squad and for the entire club it was and, and it was brought down to earth by the amount of beers we had after it and I, I walked in and my mother was sitting going is this the time you're getting in <laughs> because herself and Steve and my brother came over to watch the game and they were uh, I'll tell you about it the achievement Rory was Nobody expected us to do it. I know you're a DDP lover as well, you know. <laughs> and uh, I said it to the players in the in the in the the, the club, uh, dressing room. Um, I said, to be an overachiever, you first have to be an overbeliever. Um, and it's the truth. We believed from the start. We also thought Rory were the better team. I know we're way below them, but we thought we were the better team. And um, to quote Pat Crone in the grill. Pat Crone in, in Cork School Boys League on the Echo football was the winner on the day <laughs> it certainly was <laughs> um, talk to us about your journey to the final John because as mentioned you're, you're a division below um, so it must have been quite a battle to even get to the final well interestingly enough the team we played last night in the final have two sub teams you know they're the third division team and a first division team incredibly we got an against third division team in the first round we beat them about 14 nil or something. Yeah. Then we got drawn against their second team in the second round and we beat them six. So we had beaten the two teams from that club. Um, last 16, I think we got KR, which is quite uh, known to the Cork people. You know, Cork City played them a few years ago. Uh, we beat them 4 one And then we got to the two Premier League teams, which were Selfoss and uh, FH, F how we pr- pronounce it over here. And... Um, we beat the two of them 2-1 after going behind in both games and then you get to the final and uh, it's David versus Goliath it's Ali versus Foreman and now it's Vikinger against Bredeblick you know what I mean <laughs> maybe even Cork City against Dundalk two years ago when Shawnee scored that goal remember that <laughs> brilliant yeah, absolutely brilliant we all remember um, that like. like as you say David versus Goliath um, in the final did anyone outside the club give you a chance of winning last night um, no, actually, to be totally honest with you, no. We, I'm not going to downgrade or, or hammer anybody, but there was an awful lot of, you know, you got to the final and that's very good. Yeah. You know, that kind of that kind of talk. And you say that to a Cork person, it's like a red rag to a bull. Like, you know, and we just went, right, F that. I, I won't swear on Cork. Of course I won't. I swore a lot last night in the interviews. But um, F that, we said, no way. No way. Uh, we're coming for you, you know. And we, and we really... 
you know the way Rory in the bigger games the smaller teams drop off and try and you know they'll try and get a point or something or they'll try and go through with hitting teams on the break we went old school by we went put them under pressure old school Ireland Italian 90 we ran at them we pressed them never gave them a minute um, all their best players which are all international players by the way they're, they're all top class international players never gave them a minute to settle on the ball and um, you know as an Irishman going back to when we were kids with Jack Charlton and all that kind of stuff we went back to the old days and and it worked by, and it was, you know, it was, it was just incredibly proud. Yeah, I can only imagine the feeling that you had at the final whistle when you were like, right, we've actually done this, like. Do you know what we did, Rory? And as you are, because I know you're, you're a man for atmosphere and stuff. I took the staff, now imagine the full stadium, right? I took the staff onto the centre circle so we could turn around and watch it instead of being in it, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and kind of being jumping up this. We took it all and we saw 3,000 people in the in the stadium here full to the brim, mostly in red and black, you know, and uh, we took the staff off just so we could watch it and we could see the people enjoying themselves. It was just something different. Um, Christ, boy, it was amazing. It was amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I've never been so proud. I can only imagine, boy. And as you say, like, um, over 3,000 people there at the game, huge Viking girl, um, crowd there. Yeah, must have been a massive uh, help for your team, I suppose, to have that support from the terraces. Unbelievable. And, and uh, we we were predicted about two weeks ago to get around about 1,500. And I did an interview a couple of days ago and I said it to them. I said, come here, why not 5,000? That was in Icelandic, so you wanted to... I think I sent it to you. Yeah. And um, <laughs> why not five? And it was like, you know, the Roy Keane thing. Uh, when he was talking to the, the hurlers, the car hurlers, why not five? Why not six? And we went, why not 5,000? Why not 7,000? Like, fill the bloody place, you know, and really, and they're a much bigger club than we are at the moment, you know, huge. They had about a third, and we had the other two thirds. The place was jointed. We, as we said in the dressing room, if size mattered, the elephant would be the king, the king of the jungle. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do indeed. Uh, as you say, John, like just, just on the game itself, I suppose, as you, said, you put them under pressure, I suppose, um, as you said. about well, How did the game, I suppose, play out? I mean, like, were you always comfortable throughout the game? Do you know, Rory, I wasn't. I was comfortable on the sideline because of the way we were playing. You know, because we knew where we had to, to, to close people down and, and stop them getting into certain areas to play. We knew that. We scored after a bloody minute. You know, and that's that's a disaster. You know, because as a coach, you're kind of going, the last thing you, you need is a first-minute goal because, it, it, you know, the other team gets the, the gets their, 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 their backup. Um, and it was great for the, the supporters, but it was terrible for us. They scored 1-1, and it was almost as if at 1-1, they thought, ah, sure, we're back in it now. And my kids, and I, I won't even call them kids, they're babies, they're they're, they're 50. The girl who scored the winning goal is 15, by the way. Mm-hmm. Icelandic international, 15 years of age. Um, and we always felt that they would, arrogance now is the wrong word, right? So I'm not going to say, but we felt that their our, our intensity would beat their arrogance. And it, it worked out like that. Fantastic stuff, yeah, indeed. Um, uh, just a word, I suppose, on your players, John, who got you to the final and I suppose who, who've won you the final. You must be incredibly proud of them and I'd imagine they're a very close bunch. They are. Um, I was lucky enough, I was two days in the job in 2019 and, and one of the players' father is on the board. And you know, I have, and you know more than any, I have a bit of a reputation about having a hot head. Like... Um, <laughs> And uh, sorry, what's that one? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Rory, but um, 
I was two days in the job and the father asked her, what's, what's John like? And she says, I don't know what he's like as a coach, but I know he cares about me. Mm. That's that, that, that was enough for me, you know, and that was four years ago. And to have that girl on the field, um, yesterday and, and to finish the game and have her, she has a cup winner's medal in her, in her pocket. Now, you know, maybe she showed me a bit of loyalty, but it, it meant the world to me. By And that's, that's the best way I can, I can, I can, we try and build something that, everybody's a part of Rory, you know, and everybody feels from, from the, the, the tea ladies, from the people, like the, the woman who does the tea zipped up, my suit button broke and 20 minutes before we went out for the interviews on Icelandic TV, she zipped up and she did the sewing and did the button. Like, that's how close we all are. Yeah, that's funny. Do you know what I mean? So, and we know each other a long time, Rory, and I'm sure you know how much this means to me. Like, Yeah, I certainly do, and uh, I'm very, very proud of you for, for what you've achieved last night. And just take us back, John, for people who might not know, like, how have you wound up in Iceland in your coaching career? What has gotten you to this this moment, I suppose? Well, I was, I was, in, um, I was out in America. I, I was playing for Park City, and I went down on loan, of course, with uh, Dave Hill, who still one of my best friends and, and at Cove Ramblers, things didn't work out as well as it, I, I, I hoped. Although we did one in an under twenty one championship at Cork, you know what I mean? It was it was still a great time, but for me personally, I didn't I didn't give Cork City my best. You know, I, I, the, the Cork City fans didn't see me at my best, and um, something I regret a little bit. But um, I always promised my mom and dad that if I left England, then I would go back to education. And I ended up in America coaching a team and uh, a women's team in college. We won a national championship in 2007 and a friend of mine was on the phone and he said, uh, oh God, no, you know, I'm, I'm walking past the office and he went, oh Jesus, no, you don't want him, he's, he's mad. <laughs> and uh, I said, who's that? And he said, this is Gareth O'Sullivan, Mayo man. Yeah. Um, and he says, he's from Iceland. Picked up the phone, I went, how much? Yeah, no problem, mate. <laughs> Click. Uh, I came home then in 2014 after six years in the Premier League um, as a player and a coach. Uh, went out to India to work for Liverpool for a year and a half, um, and then I, uh, you know, that that fell through because of finances with the club, and then you go to my second home, which is Iceland. You know, there was there wasn't too much opportunities. I applied for a couple of national jobs in in Ireland, which you know is still a, a goal of mine. I'd love to be involved in the FAI. I'd love to be involved with, at some stage with the national teams, um, but I ended up in Iceland and just won a cha- I won a championship with the team I was in. And then got the offer to come to this place, and and this place had four players, Rory, in 2019, four yeah. bloody players, and I had to, we had to build it from scratch, and now we're the, the cup champions four years later, and we spend no money, you know, we've like 100 percent of our players last night were Icelandic players. Yeah, it's incredible. That's no foreign, no foreign. Yeah. Um, you've really immersed yourself, I suppose, in Icelandic culture, as well, Mick. We shared um, a tweet yesterday when you were giving an interview in fluent Icelandic, albeit with a. Slight Cork accent, but still, like, it's massively impressive because I'd imagine it's a, a quite a tough language to learn. They said it's the most, it's, it's the hardest language apart from Mandarin to learn is Icelandic. Um, is, is, you don't mind me telling a quick story, do you? Walk away, boy. No, it, it, yeah, but there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, it's a bit naughty, like. <laughs> we we'll, 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 we'll see, we can, we can blur out the, the bad parts. <laughs> All right. My best, my best friend here is still my best friend. is a guy called Bjarki Mars Ferrison. And he's a coach of After Reading, which was the first club I coached in, in Muscles Bar. I bought an apartment actually down there. And uh, Bjerke's my best friend. He's, he's just incredible. So I went in and what I wanted to do when I first came to Iceland is coach one of the, I was one of the senior coaches, of course. 
but I wanted to coach the underage, like someone like the seven and eight year olds, because they're still learning the language as well. And I thought, right, that's the way to go. So we, <laughs> we went to a, a tournament and I, I asked him, I said, how do you say I'm very proud and I'm very happy? And yeah. he said, yeah, so stutter or so glather. So G-L-A-D-U-R, glather. And I went, okay. So I would say that at the end of every tournament, once a month, like we'd have a tournament. And the crowds would kind of get, you know, like they'd giggle away because I'm a, a foreigner, of course, trying to speak the language. So <laughs> I shouldn't say this. Oh, God. Uh, ah, who cares? Um, <laughs> so it, it would get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm going, geez. And they were going, oh, he's going to say it. He's going to say it. Oh, he's going to say it. <laughs> and I wasn't saying, yeah, so stulter or so glather with an L. Yeah. I was saying, yeah, so or grather with an R and you can guess what grather meant that means I'm proud and I'm horny and uh, <laughs> and the Icelandic mentality <laughs> the Icelandic mentality wasn't oh god he's saying that they had to crack with it like yeah. you know and they left it running now how long do you think that went on years 18 months before Bjerke pulled me and he goes, John, you're like, because I wasn't a senior coach at the time. And he went, John, you're going to take the senior job. He says, you can't be saying that on the telly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a quick story about, uh, about Icelandic. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Sorry, man. I hope I, hope I didn't offend anyone with that. No, but it's just too funny not to tell you, you know. I'm <laughs> sure we'll be all right. <laughs> um, what's, ne- what's next now, John? I know, like, it's uh, the, the day after, the night before, I suppose, and you're still celebrating uh, a tremendous success. But what's the next step, I suppose, for, for you in your career? The next, well, you're, ironically, the, the, the person I just told you about, Bjarki Mart. I have to play his team on Thursday night. Mm. Um, if we win the next two games, I think we're guaranteed promotion to the top division. Right. If we win the next three games, we're guaranteed, a three out of five, we're guaranteed to go as winners. So that's the next step. You know me, Rory, you know I, I, I have terribly high standards and, and um, all I want to do is win. I have a friend of mine here, Pablo Punyad, he's an El Salvador international. That guy signs for different clubs in Iceland. Everywhere he bloody signs, he wins a championship. The guy's incredible. So you surround yourself with those kind of people. So my next goal, like my contract is up in October. We haven't really spoke about about next year. Um, I'm not too sure. Maybe I'll come back and watch a couple of Cork City games and when I come home and, and maybe we could do some radio or some commentary. Remember that? We did it. That was fantastic. I loved doing that with you. Yeah. Um, but I have no plans, to be honest with you, Rory. Um, I'm trying to win. We, we've won the cup. I'm trying to win the league for them. After that, sure, who knows? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, Jesus, I sound very Cork, don't I? Um, <laughs> it happens when you talk to Cork people. You know, oh, it's class, though, isn't it? <laughs> Love it. But, uh, yeah, can I just, can I just say one thing as well? My mother and my brother, Marion couldn't. Marion went away on holidays with, with, with Rob and, and, mm. you know, they had a great time and they missed it. Um, and Jesus, they know how much I love them. But my mother and my brother came over. You know, Stephen. I know, Stephen. Came right. over to watch the- and, uh, you know, to have them there, I'm kind of tearing up a bit now talking about the two of them because of how proud I am of them. And I hope, I just bloody hope they're 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 proud this morning. Well, they certainly are going by Stephen's uh, Instagram anyway. He's certainly very very proud of his big brother, John. Um, a massive pleasure talking to you today, buddy. Massive congratulations, and uh, we're looking forward to catching up with you when you're home. I can't wait, Rory, and I'll be out. I'll be out at the cross. I can't wait to see Cork City and and, and smashing the next couple of games because. 
you know, uh, they're doing a great job there up and across. So, John. See you, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> absolute pleasure talking to John Anderson absolute character and a great win for his Vikinger side in Iceland last night as they won the cup against all the odds last night and uh, very good at the old Icelandic as well uh, Newcastle 2 and up on Aston Villa 55 minutes on the clock we're nearly out of time the legend Stevie G's in the building for the block party that's coming up just after us at 7 o'clock uh, just before we wrap up uh, Douglas uh, beating Father O'Neill's today in the PSHC going to hear from uh, Dennis Reardon the Douglas manager speaking to John O'Shea so uh, Dennis earlier than um, uh, how what was your thoughts after that game? Oh look, I'm just absolutely thrilled to come out with a, with another victory after winning last week as well. Um, real championship game, I thought the ferocious hits, ferocious physicality, and uh, yeah, we're just thrilled to get another win on the board. And um, thankfully we have a rest now coming into Charlton in three weeks. But as I said, delighted to get two points, two, another two points, and a second win, so thrilled. Yeah, and after the Absolutely, I write back a good old test and they saw you there for only that's plenty of questions, but it must be very pleasing that they come out kind of the right side of things. Yeah, definitely. Like we saw the men's character, I thought in the second half we dug really, really deep for the last 15 minutes and kept coming out with ball after ball from our defence. Um, so yeah, it was superb, absolutely superb from our point of view. Um, but we knew it was going to be tough. Like we played them in the league the last two years. Um, like last year we played them in Douglas, they won, we, we came up by a point. This year they gave us the right pacing now in their place, so um, we knew how hard it was going to be here tonight, but uh, delighted to come away to victory. Yeah, and like at this stage, you know, I think like the two wins over two, you must be at this first stage of the championship, at this stage of the season, you must be pleased with where, where things are at. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, 100%. So, like, as I said, two wins from two. We now have rest, thankfully, and um, can regroup. Get a few sore bodies in there tonight after that game. Um, so we'll get the recovery in for the week and then we can turn our focus to Charleville. Yeah, and just on that, that game, she went to Charleville. Uh, what kind of a game will you be expecting when it comes around? What kind of test will you get from Charleville? It's something similar to the last two weeks. You know, it was really championship hurling against today's Charleville. Probably very unlucky in the last couple of years not to get out of the group. Um, really talented side again. Luckily enough, we played them in the league this year down there. It was another tough game. Uh, it actually ended in a draw, I believe. So, um, yeah, lucky. There'll be no inch given again next week, but yeah. Yes, Dennis Reardon there, the Douglas boss, speaking to John after uh, today's win over Father O'Neill's. Newcastle just gone 3-1 up. Alexander Isaac scored an absolute peach of a third for Newcastle there, um, chipping it over. Uh, Martinez in the uh, Aston Villa goal. 3-1, 58 minutes on the clock there. Newcastle certainly off the, well, there appears to be a flying start uh, to their Premier League campaign. And uh, 58 minutes on the clock there. It's Isaac's second goal of the game. That's it for us tonight. Thanks very much indeed for listening to us our podcast will be online Charlie Aidan's in the hot seat tomorrow from 6 Stevie's up next the legend that is Mr Stevie G with a block party from 7 until 10pm enjoy the rest of your Saturday night folks chat to you soon The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM